Hey, Fadies, thanks for listening to The Fate of Ison. I'm DM Brad, and this is the fourth episode in our Arcus backstory arc, in which we dive into the world of Skyland to see what Arcus the Cloud Demon was up to before they got whisked away into Ison and into our hearts. This backstory features Jules Daniel in their usual role as Arcus, and amazing special guests Troy Malcolm from Season Quest Podcast as Zeph, and George Fenn as Fergus Squalor. If you've listened to the other Arcus episodes already, you'll know that we're not playing D&D in this campaign, we are playing D12 Go. If you want to learn more about the game system, or give it a whirl, get in touch, we can send you the playtest rules. Okie dokie, now here is a recap. Last time, Arcus, Zeph and Fergus played some pranks on Coach Jim at the university, before heading back to Zeph's mum's house to rest. In the morning, Fergus made the world's best cup of tea, before they were visited by Sergeant Paul Simon of the Castle Cloud Royal Guard. He demanded Arcus and Fergus to go with him for their own safety, but Arcus convinced him they could take care of themselves. They then decided to journey out into the Central South Bazaar, in search of more monsters from the breach. Uh-huh. Can we loot things though? Oh, you most definitely can. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Uh-huh. Okay, if you're all sold on the bazaar, uh-huh. we'll um, jump to it. So that is on the opposite side of the epicenter from Zeph's house. So you would sort of walk through the middle of town and walk like right past the Royal Keep, uh, which it's all evacuated. So I mean, basically all you're seeing is what you saw last night, just like the remnants of battle, like dead creatures, broken weapons and things like that. I'm kind of shuffling along behind everyone else, just thinking about how Arcus's body is so soft but their words are sharp they keep bringing up how much money my family and I have and it kind of hurts my feelings but you know I'll, I'll still protect them I guess I think you mean don't have oh yeah that, that, that's what I meant <laughs> quiet those peasant thoughts peasant <laughs> um just <laughs> quick check though Arcus does love and care for Zeph right as a as a companion and friend a hundred percent. It's like, you know, okay. your, your dog, it, you love it when you have, <laughs> you know, there's there's a lot of love there, but you also need to tell it to shut up sometimes. Um, yep. And also I own him. That's all. <laughs> I'm already over it. So the moment that Arcus next smiles at me, I immediately forget any kind of harsh feelings and I'm ready to protect and serve. Yeah. Okay, so you all make it to the Central South Bazaar. Take takes you know over an hour of walking through the city and just ad- like not admiring, but like taking in all the all, like the the scene of sort of the aftermath and broken things and um, and you eventually reach the you reach the north gate of the bazaar. So the bazaar is a basically like a long open air corridor for shopping, like north to south or south to north. And with very tall elementus walls, think like the um, the walls of Agrabah in Aladdin. Nice. And like a lo- a tall locked door at each end, so at the north end and the south end. And you approach the north locked door. What do you do? So they're just tall. There's not like spikes on top of them or anything. That's right. They're just like 20, 20 to twenty five feet tall, like in solid, thick walls and doors. And there's no windows on the the. There's no like guard keep or like any like arrow sled or any things like that. No, there are nearby residences mm-hmm. that have like windows overlooking it. C- can I try and search for some sort of uh, 
doormat where the key may be hidden? I will I will just flat out say no. <laughs> cool. Um, what's the lock mechanism? Is there? Is it just? Is there like a mechanism behind it, which is the lock, or is there like a padlock? Big old school skeleton key lock built into the door, like a deadbolt lock. Built into the door. Cool. Yeah. So it's part of the door. Like this must get locked every night by like under just normal circumstances. Mm-hmm. Could could I try make a, a shapeshift roll to try and lock key hand? Lock key hand. Okay. Go for it. Okay, what have I got? What what would that be? Precision? Yeah. And then my shapeshifting as well. Okay. Okay, I got a nine and then ten. Eleven. Eleven. Okay. Um, eleven. I shouldn't have closed my rule sheet. Success. Uh, yeah, you, you turn your... Because it's such a big lock, it's more than just a finger this time. You turn like your whole arm into a key. Fisting it, yep. You're fisting this lock and you jiggle it a couple times, like trying to get the right shape and like you can feel where it needs to go. And then after like about 20, 30 seconds of of jiggling and changing the shape of your hand inside this lock, you hear a very satisfying click. Great. Excellent. Um, I, I like use my other hand to fist pump the air. So I'm double fisting, you know? Zeph's mouth just drops open. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so you have unlocked this giant, bizarre door. um, But you can tell just by the sheer size of it that it's going to be really heavy to open. Mm. Zeph steps forward and begins to push it. I step out of the way. (laughs) Can I assist with shadow magic? Yeah. Lubricating the shadow underneath the door to, like, sort of, like, become, like, a lubricated like type of shadow. Does that make sense? Okay. Like, say lubricated shadow one more time. I, I like that, but I'm going to make you roll to see if that's helpful or not. Yeah, cool. So that that's brains plus your dark magic. It's my first. It's my. Uh, it's my. It's my third twelve of the evening, uh, naturally. Uh, so with my brains about 16. So, uh, yeah, tremendous success. You create a very slick shadow underneath this heavy door that uh, will definitely give a, uh, a plus two for Zeph's brawn to open it. I rolled a four, plus my brawn a three, plus two, so that's nine. Okay, questionable. I'm just trying to think if any of my specialties help. I'm dual wielding my hands. I'm pushing with both hands. <laughs> Don't push it. <laughs> uh, I mean, do push, but not that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, yeah, you, you push this door, and it slides a lot faster than you thought it would, and you fall flat on your face in this slick puddle of shadow, and you get sort of shadow on your face. I kind of imagine it. It's kind of like dishwashing liquid. So I imagine he would fall onto the liquid and then sort of like, like shoot, like like shoot forward okay yeah you 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 um slip and slide your way into the bazaar ahead of your friends Whee! <laughs> um yeah so the door to the bazaar is open and it reveals somewhere that i'm sure you've all like all your characters have been many many times it's like a large just long shopping arcade with some permanent stalls sort of built into the walls and some like temporary carts and and that sort of thing, selling all manner of things that you could imagine this world having. But a lot of them are just covered with like a sheet at the moment because they're not in business, but some of them are left exposed. 
and I, I will leave this entirely up to you for the things that you see, hear, smell, uh, and what you would be doing as your characters inside an abandoned bazaar. Um, just before we decide the specific places individually, I would imagine that my character would know which stores are owned by his family. Oh yeah, yeah, you, you certainly would. Yeah, so I would like to invite you two to ransack my family's stores with me as part of my um you know coming of age rebellion oh i'm in i'm in i'm, I'm so in yep we're, we're doing it don't worry arcus i'll protect you but we're doing this we are going to ransack the heck out of squalor squalors <laughs> squalor squalors That's the real estate uh branch <laughs> okay we might not find anything good there yeah. i am looking for a new house but i don't think we'll find one at squalor squalors at the moment mm-hmm. not one you can carry home with you anyway Mm. Okay, um, so yeah, if you guys come up with what you would gain out of this ransack, I'll, I'll let you have that and determine if it has some kind of mechanical value. Well, Arcus has um, has a bow and arrow, so uh, and arrows, so I think he would be quite interested in trying to see if there are any specialty arrows that would do anything interesting when used. Okay, uh, yep. Roll a roll a brains check. Okay. 10, uh, 11, 11. <laughs> Keep getting 11. Okay, yes. <laughs> Success. Uh, yeah, you find a, like a munitions and like hunting store and um, behind the, so it's just like stock standard stuff mm-hmm. on display that you already have. So just like normal bolts and normal firing mechanisms and things like that, replacement triggers and replacement um, crossbow wires and tension holders and stuff but um when you sort of rummage around behind the stall you find like um i'll I'll say you find three special arrows that will give a plus one when you use them um or bolts not arrows um what is so special about these three bolts um they're flammable nice well just on contact so they're like they hit their target then explode like incendiary or you can light them on fire then then shoot them um i think they have like fire properties so that when they are launched they catch on fire nice so the air itself like friction from the air ignites them yes like a match scraping against the box and they can be reused (laughs) (laughs) they can be reused as normal bolts they will only do the the ignition three like one time each okay cool yeah so yeah, you write down somewhere that you've got three ignitable arrows. And what about Zeph and Squalor? What what do you hope to gain from ransacking um, various establishments? Fergus goes to the uh, a fashion store called uh, Top Cloud Top, and it's run by the Squalor family. And he looks at it and sees the clothes in it and feels his clothes. And he looks inside and. Just looks at the clothes, just feels contempt, self hatred when he sees all these clothes from his family. And then he turns around the corner and then he like turns to the outside of the street and sees like a small, like boutique fashion y, uh, a small boutique fashion place, you know, uh, with some like, like designer type stuff. And I want to go inside that building and find the brightest outfit possible. And especially something that's like very like artisan made, but sort of like. You know, it's, it's too even. It's almost too expensive to sell. Like no one's ever gonna pay like five hundred dollar pieces for this. Like very intricate. Okay, yeah. M- make a brains roll to see uh, 
if you find this horrifically garish item of clothing. It's heroically garish, okay? Heroically garish. Yeah, and I'm going to add my upper class to this uh, because I understand the concept of high fashion. Um, and I get a total of seven. Okay, that's a failure. Yeah, cool. Um, you ra- you ransack the, the shit out of this boutique fashion thing looking for a specific item. Um, and you, you put literally every item they own on the floor in the process and you don't find what you're looking for. Cool. Um, I look around at everything and take out my a wallet, which has my um, stupendous DMs and just like leave it on the, the counter to pay for the, the damages. And I imagine I would have torn off all my clothes in there. So at this point, I think Fergus might might give the idea and he, he wants to sort of make it like a garb out of like chatter because he can't find any clothes he likes and so he's not going to be you know he can't be naked well he could be i guess yeah. i guess fergus is naked yeah fergus is naked for now not naked like okay nerd. fergus is naked for the rest of it well i mean you know i i feel like i failed trying to find an outfit but i still can't wear my old outfit so therefore i think it's appropriate that, that perhaps fergus is is not is just sort of like yeah, I think he gets really into it. He's really inspired by everything, but he just can't make up his mind. At the end of it, he realizes he's destroyed everything and then sort of leaves sort of in, in shame and like nude shame from the, from the store. Yeah. He's like, I'm not naked. I'm between outfits right now. Very much that energy, but also he's like, it's the breach. This is the first taste of freedom Fergus has ever had. So he's sort of, you know, he's a bit, a bit excited. By it. He's like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, yeah. Does, does Arcus wear any clothes other than their hairstyles or fashion hats? Because I said I was naked. <laughs> in, in, in Eisen, I definitely uh, started off naked. <laughs> um, and yeah, worked my way to hats. I, I think for the purposes of going out into the breach, Arcus, I have written down, has some sort of um, chain mail and uh, noble robes. Okay, just checking. Uh, I imagine I'm, I'm not too used to looting just because the town's usually full. So I'd try and find something pretty that I could bring back my mother, uh, hoping that she doesn't notice the purple goose-stained floors of her uh, living room. Okay, that's fine. I won't even get you to roll for that. That's just nice. You just okay. find some. You just find something that you think your mum will like. Yeah, I, I think it would be like some sort of like. I think I would go like expensive-ish. Like it would be. A, a, like a chunky necklace like a really chunky ugly necklace that she definitely <laughs> won't like but the thought is there yeah she'll appreciate the value the sentimental value i'm sure yeah. hopefully um okay so while you three are um all apart but sort of in the same kind of area um doing your various looting um you hear a strange a mechanical whirring sound coming from somewhere nearby Zef comes running out wearing the chunky necklace um, <laughs> yeah uh, I guess uh, where, where's the sound where's the sound coming from uh, make a senses roll so I like that you all converge on the street Zef's got this horrible ugly necklace and Fergus is naked <laughs> uh, I rolled a 12 minus 1 uh, yeah so Zef you spot um at a distance uh so like further down into the bazaar three very small things whipping around very quickly like flying around 
sort of at like head height very quickly. Oh, and I haven't seen these things before. They are vaguely reminiscent of the like broken frisbees you saw the night before. Uh, guys, it's it's those little round ones. <laughs> Flat but round, you know. A disc. Um, so they appear to be creatures, or are they like robots? Yeah, Zef Zef would be able to tell that they are definitely sentient. Like they are zipping and zooping and sweeping all over the place. They, they definitely know what they're doing and where they're going, so I think they're creatures. And we can assume they're breach creatures, then. It's something that you've all never seen before, apart from broken ones last night. <laughs> I run to an alley, I guess. Is that a good thing to start okay. before we make a plan? If you want to, you, you can just hide in a gap between two stalls. Yeah. Arcus, how do you feel about these? Do you... Do you want me to protect you and us go up against them should we hide what are you what are you thinking yeah i i'm i'm pretty uh you know i i didn't do so well last time we had a fight so i'm kind of eager to prove my worth uh as it were so i grab out my bow and arrow and i'd like to try and aim for them when they come uh yep so when you stop and focus on them you notice that they're not really coming at you like they are moving around a lot sort of around a central point like they're not moving really from the area that they're in should we go have a look then yeah that sounds good to me fergus um fergus so <laughs> into the, into the breach perhaps we should do some like scouting a bit closer um with, okay so just so i know this right we all have we all use sensors at our dumpster right yep Okay, cool, great. Um, so yeah, no, let's not scout. Let's just go say hi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, let's go. Yeah, let's go. Okay, yeah. So you all just uh, like the ma- the magnificent three, or like an action movie. You just confidently stroll down the middle of this bazaar towards these creatures. As you get closer, so you can see three of these white things zipping around, and you also see just sitting on the ground in the middle of it is like like a cat-sized lizard and it's got like pulsating gray scales that are sort of like throbbing as it sits there but it just all it does is sit there and sort of turns a lazy glance in your direction and then turns back as these things whir around it over its head do they seem to is it like a a, is it like a are they is the lizard like annoyed by the things or is it just indifferent about them too it seems indifferent about you and about the discs. Okay. Um, it's a cat-sized lizard, right? Yeah. Cool, cool. And, and, and again, not, not from around here, I assume. Yeah, something you've never seen before. So they're not blizzard lizards, which are uh, the native... Blizzard <laughs> lizards. Not cumulizards? Uh, Ooh, I do like that. There's those things in the sky. Do they seem to be like... So they have like a static magic signature, right? Is there a way for us to like detect uh, yeah, their yeah. magic signature, knowing what they taste like? Um, well, the the ooze monster did. Right, cool, cool, cool. So you were able to taste, yeah, like a different frequency of ele- electrical energy. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, I say, Arcus, why don't you prove yourself, huh? Take down this pet lizard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Could I could I try and use some um weather magic to like <laughs> zap it? 
Yeah, you can try and like harm it with some lightning or something. A been egged on. What would that be? So if you're trying to aim, I guess precision. If you're trying to aim like a bolt of lightning. Okay. Uh, this I think this is. I feel in my heart this is a fail. Six, seven, but then where the magic is plus three. Oh, ten. Ha. Okay, well, it's a contested roll. So this <laughs> smoky lizard is going to try and not get hurt by this bolt of lightning. Yeah. Uh, and it gets an eight. Okay, so you beat it by you beat it by one to three. So you deal one damage, <laughs> and which is actually enough to kill this smoke gecko, which lazily looks up at you again as this bolt of lightning just zaps it. And what happens to it? You know those old school like Looney Tunes cartoons where like they get hit by lightning and it just like turns into a pile of ash and it's just the eyeballs and the eyeballs look worried and then it like a wind blows and it blows everything away I like it yeah Yeah. so it just turns to ash and then gets blown away on the breeze yeah Uh, and at that the three white discs that were hovering uh, over the top of this thing so sort of sort of like flies buzzing around chat they all stop moving in the air and turn and face each of you and so Arcus, one of them is going to turn green in front of you and it's going to try and shoot a bolt of some kind of green energy Fun. <laughs> so what, yeah, what would Arcus do um, and it gets a 9 on its roll by the way to avoid being hit by this blast of green energy I, I got a 9 and then I'm adding whatever you think is applicable Oh, okay. Um, to protect against green energy. A- agility, right? To get out of the way? I, I would say that's probably the way Arcus would deal with that. I, I also agree. <laughs> um, uh, could I... W- would you let me put in my shape-shifting in, in terms of, like, making myself a little bit less corporeal to try and get out of the way as well? That's how we do it for you and Ison. so yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, in that case, I have a 11. <laughs> okay, it got a 9. Um, so it got only 2 less than you, so that is a stalemate. Um, so it shoots this green beam of energy, and it just misses you as you change shape quick enough to get out of the way, and it just sort of shocks the ground behind you. But like a like a green laser blast. I'm swift now. Ha ha ha. And Fergus, or the one that's facing you, is going to turn orange, and it's going to blast a flame at you. Great. For 13. So, yeah, cool. Um, So in terms of my defense here, uh, I guess dueling wouldn't apply to, you know, that. I also don't have a weapon. I'm going to use my agility to, to, to not... Oh, can I use my dueling and my agility to do like a, you know... Uh, yeah, well, uh, part of uh, dueling training is to avoid being harmed, so yes. Mm. Let's take a you know, step back. Whoa. I rolled another 12 today. Oh, sorry, sorry, I rolled a 12 total. Adding my dueling is 14. Sorry, Brad. I just rolled in. In that case, you got more than it, and it's, again, close enough to be a stalemate, so it fires this... Uh, blast of flame at you and you uh, duel out of the way and it just hits the ground behind you uh, sort of like a hadouken mm. that you've dodged mm. 
Zeph, the one in front of you, is going to stay white, but it's going to shoot like a blast of concentrated wind at you for a 12 result. Awesome. I uh, cross my axes in front of me and try and hold my place on the ground, stay very still and try and bear up against it. So you've just taken it with brawn? Yeah. Uh, So that's 10 plus 3, so 13. And I am dual wielding, so plus two more, 15. 15, okay. So with its 12, there is still only three difference that it loses. So again, another stalemate. So all three of you just had the, the, the same result where you managed to not get harmed by this initial blast. Um, what do you do in response? Um, so these three floating discs want to mess us up, right? Uh, they, they definitely seem aggressive towards you. Yeah, sure. How, tall, how far off the ground are they? About six foot high so like sort of face height oh. for most for like the three of you Ooh. that was my next question how tall are we <laughs> <laughs> i'm working with regular like humanoid style height mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. cool um i don't have any shadows because i don't even have any clothes on me i guess i have my own shadow mm. <gasps> oh cool okay i've got an attack i would like to use okay i'd like to Use the hilt of my father's sword. You know, I'd like to, you know I'd like to attack with it, but you know I think you know I'd like to sort of use some magic so that when I hold it, you see, you know the uh, my shadow suddenly has a blade. Sort of like, you know, now there's no sword there. You know, if you hold it in front of time, there's like a time shadow of the sword there. So I have like a shadow sword. All right. So using shadow magic to make a sword attack. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay. I, uh, I can only use one of my dark hearts or my dueling in this, yeah? Yeah. Um, I'll use dueling. And I roll a one. So a total of three. Okay, at the one that blasted you with flame? Oh yeah, absolutely. And you would also add one of your stats to that as well? I would. Um, it would be agility, which is zero. It's still a total of three. Okay, so these things are very quick and very small, Mm -hmm. so it's quite. So that three is probably not going to do you too well. Yeah, I feel like I'm using like a new magic thing. Like this is pretty common shadow magic, but I don't I don't get an option because my things never break. You know, like I've never had to make do before. So okay, so it got a total of eleven, which is easily enough for you to get harmed in the horrific difference Mm -hmm. um, between your attack and its defense so yeah it dodges so quickly that you sort of lunge forward and you headbutt it and it sort of it's hard and hurts your head cool great uh and you take one you take one damage to your limit ow i guess i take blunt and blade in hand which the name of names of my axes of course and i start swinging them or throwing them at the cloud uh, at the frisbee that attacked me Okay, make an attack. That's a 9 plus my brawn and my dual wielding, so 9 plus 5, 14. Okay, it got a 2 plus 3, only 5. So you got a whopping 9 higher than it. So it receives 3 damage from your massive attack, which is enough to kill it. Excellent. Uh, I fling blade, my axe, through the air, and it lodges itself in the frisbee and into a wall of Elementus where it snaps in half and falls to the ground. 
Nice. 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 Arcus, what do you do in the aftermath of that? I, I'd like to try and uh, use one of the arrows if I could and take a shot. Um, would that be precision as well? Yep, so precision plus your archery skill or bow and arrow skill, whatever you've called it. Uh, yeah. Um, and one of the igniting arrows. I'm just to clarify, Brad, are the discs, uh, do they charge, change color, charge up, shoot their beam, go back to normal? Or do they stay the same? Yeah, they go back to white. Cool. They go back to white. Cool. Yep, so at the moment there's just two white discs in front of you. Cool. Uh, eight. Okay, and the one that you're aiming at got a four to try and dodge out the way. It got a one plus three, so that's as bad as it possibly could have gone. Yeah. So you got an eight. Um, you managed to damage it for four. Yeah. Oh, sorry, for two. You, sorry, you do two damage. <laughs> Succeeding by other people failure. Failing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you fire this flaming arrow at it, and it uh, strikes it, and it goes up in flames. And it sort of whirs and makes like a horrible mechanical squealing sound as if it's like about to fall from the air and onto the ground, but then it recovers and it returns back to its position, but it's sort of got a crack and it's smoking. These frisbees are smoking crack. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you're thinking the frisbees are smoking crack, who's the one that's really smoking crack? Leave <laughs> me on it. That sounds like a Chris Rock routine or something. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay, <laughs> and it's back round to, uh, I, I guess, in response, they would now attack you. So the one that is now smoking crack is going to, it's going to turn yellow, Arcus, and it's going to try and shoot a blast of lightning at you like you did to the lizard. Typical, typical. And that is an eight. Okay, so I'm trying to dodge out of the way again. I'll use agility again. Okay. Um, can I do the shape shifting again as well? Sweet. Uh, so I got 12. Okay, yeah, you defended at least four better than it, so it receives one damage in the process of trying to fire at you, and that's actually enough to end it. So that one only had one left. So right. describe the way that you evading its attack is enough to take it out of the fight, because it's already smoking with a big crack in it. I think it would be cool if it like just split down the middle. Okay, so it shoots this blast, but the blast doesn't actually come out like a broken gun. It just yeah. splits. Ugh. Its own power made it just go crack and fall into two pieces, which just clatter to the ground. Winning by other people's failure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now there's only one remaining, which is the one that attacked Fergus, and it's going to try and do that again. Uh, actually, no, this one's going to try and shoot a blast at all three of you. So all three of you need to defend against this, and it's going to take a minus four. So you're all trying to beat a seven. It's going to shoot three different beams. I got a 12 total. Okay, so your defense, um, Fergus, manages to damage it. Cool. Mm -hmm. So I'd say since it's quite close to you, because you already tried to attack it, uh -huh. that's as it fires a beam off at you, you're able to sort of swing around and land a strike. Yeah, cool. I kind of imagine it's sort of like I, I've hit my face real back and then like see them charge up again and I dive underneath them and just the way they tilt down to hit me. But in doing so, they get close enough that they'll be hit by an explosion. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I like it. Yep, it ricochets its own attack off the ground. I feel like Fergus, when he's in full flight mode, would never like fight. He'd always just... Uh, 
exactly like that, yep. which um, is what exactly did... what happened in that fight just then. Okay, what did the other two do? I got a straight 10 unless I was protecting others. Uh, I don't think you were. <laughs> uh, then it was just a straight 10. Okay, um, so that's just a stalemate in that case, so it just misses you. I got a gay six. <laughs> uh, in that case, it got, gay a, six. it got a seven, so one of its beams manages to uh, strike you square in the chest, Arcus. And it's uh, so the, the, the disc turned sort of like a, a goldish, bronzish kind of brown, and it shot a blast of like solid earth at you. And so you just get hit with this thud of dirt and rock and deals you one damage and knocks you out of it. No, Arcus! So you are unconscious on the ground. That's going to really upset me. I think I'm going to attack the one that attacked Arcus. Okay, go for it. That's a nine. Am I protecting others now? You can act, You can add one skill, so if you're only adding protecting others, yes. Yeah, in that case, so it's a nine plus six, 15. Total 15, and it's going to try and get quick, and it only gets an 8. So, maths, 7 more. So, you easily deal its uh, 3 damage, which is enough to uh, to end it. I, I think I know what these are, but I'll, I'll tell you after the battle. So, um, yeah, describe the way that you're, like, angry, Super Saiyan rage in defense of Arcus. Oh, Zeph runs towards Arcus, like, full speed, leaps over Arcus's unconscious body into the air, and brings both of his swords down into this uh, frisbee that's just turned white again. And it crumbles beneath his blades. Nice, okay. So this one shatters into lots of different pieces, and then just, yeah, it's just this remnant of pottery, basically. Zeph falls to the ground with, like, little bits of frisbee falling around his face. Um, okay, so there is a, uh, so the healing mechanic in this game, uh, hang on, reaching zero health, there are two ways to heal, so there's healing yourself, um, natural healing, and, um, there's also healing someone else, um, so natural healing is, so overnight, if you get a good rest, you just heal all, everything back to normal, um, but also once per day in-game, um, you can recover some of your limit points with a healing roll if you get like a narratively significant rest so if you took Arcus somewhere safe and decided to like care for them then then they would be able to heal themselves mm-hmm. or the yeah the other thing you could do is uh, use some kind of skill or item or something in game to uh, to heal so if you had healing potions or some kind of med kit or first aid kit or something like that Oh, I am so glad I chose the moldy fruit sock over the healing potions now. Whoops. <laughs> Good choice, Troy. Um, shall we take them into one of the shops? Uh, we could have a quick rest. Yeah, that sounds good. Into your family store is probably best, Fergus. I know the best family store to go into because it's the one where they keep all the illegal stuff. Uh, the what? Yeah, it's the bakery. So all the bakery actually gets sent there from other bakeries mass produced, but there is actually a full bakery at the back. But the full bakery at the back is actually definitely a front. Mm. Okay, so, so yeah, you could you could t- uh, either drag or like tenderly uh, transport Arcus's body to um, one of the squalor family. Uh, the bakery. 
establishments? Yeah, yeah, it's um. Oh, the bakery. Yeah, it's a bakery. Puff puff pastry. Um, puff puff pastry. Yeah, puff puff pastry. Uh, the cloudiest, cloudiest pies. Uh, the side. Puff the, the side pastry. of the cloud. The side of the, the cloud. Um, two puddle four. They taste that good. It's the the slogan. <laughs> In the back of the bakery, there's like a big sort of bakery oven. <laughs> But um, if you get onto it and lay down and then you get pushed through, then it sort of takes you into sort of a, a weird, like, uh, sort of a, sort of takes you, like, sort of rolls you back down a chute and you end up just underneath the store in sort of a family safe room. Is that okay, Brad? <laughs> I get that's that's absolutely right, fine. Right. So um, that sounds like somewhere that Arcus could get a significant rest yeah, cool. for a time. So however long that you decide. So um, JD, if you roll a uh, a brawn roll, okay, and add anything that you think might be might have something to do with like healing yourself or recovery. Okay, so my brawn is minus two, <laughs> but I rolled a twelve shape shape-shifting would help with recovery because you know if you can literally sew a wound back together with your own skin that's pretty helpful yeah okay that that sounds fair cool okay so then i'm on 11 okay uh yeah so you recover three although your max is one so you recover one (laughs) um but yeah so you after a decent rest you like regain consciousness and you wake up and you feel rejuvenated nice and I, I imagine probably wondering what the hell happened and like how you got out of there and things like that. I, I think I know what happened to you. I remembered one of the songs my mum used to sing. And and I'm assuming that that creature was one of the ones that killed one of my uncles. Uh, the Disgaeos killed Uncle Wispy Bits during the breaches. They charged attacks and blasted him to bits during the breaches. <laughs> It's beautiful. <laughs> so I'm assuming those are the Discaos. <laughs> yep. They are the Discaos. Just give me a second to recount what we've done in this session. So there was the transformative cup of tea. There was the event with Sergeant Paul Simon. Um, there was gaining access to the bazaar. There was ransacking the bazaar. There was the fight with the lizards and the... Um, also, oh, I fought with the lizard first, oh, and the discs, and then there was recovering Arcus. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've got my song, and then your song. Yeah, okay, that's twelve <laughs> EOS points you've all earned. That's enough to level up. So if you yeah. if you did want to play this game any further, yeah, in um, subsequent weeks and see what else happens with this breach situation, then uh, yeah, you will do so at level two. Sweet. Woohoo. Oh. Hey, that was really fun. Uh, that was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry it took like an hour and a half to get combat to you. <laughs> That's all right. That's Aaron. That's... Yeah. I, I think we were the ones role-playing away from the combat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, as, as much as possible, yeah. Frigga Squad I... does not want to be in combat. <laughs> JD dies every time we do combat. The less combat we do, the more likely they are to reach Aizen. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. So I guess I won't put you up against like a boss monster. Um, well, you know. So. I mean, no, because Fergus and I are easily killable or uh, yeah. 
I mean, my character really celebrates, you know, the, you know, that classic archetype of the, the wizard fighter who's way worse at magic and a total liability in combat, but is always doing both of those things. So, you know, I, I you know, but yeah, in the spirit of that idea, you know, I still think that they massively overestimate their, their combat potential. So you know, I think they're looking forward to combat. Uh, at some point, you know, you know, you know, or not at some point, but you know, they like it. The the, the shadow sword from the time shadow, great concept. Yeah, cool, <laughs> great. That's that's staying in there. Cool. Maybe I could do like a abusing your skills is sort of part of the game. Mm, mm-hmm. Like, if you can convince me of like <laughs> the creative ways you want to like work your way around your skills, like go for it. Cool. cool. I'm so excited to use my disbelief. <laughs> I know how to bullshit. I went through NCEA. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's us. That's nice. Thank you. Thank you very much, Brad. Thank that you was awesome. Joining me on a Tuesday night for whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, is that I'm definitely keen to keep going, I assume. Yeah. Everyone else is? I mean, if you're, if you're good to keep doing this, Brad, I'd happily jump in. That's a thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's more story to tell. Yeah, sure. um, I, I've written in like more breach stuff within this kingdom and a whole other kingdom as well. If if it comes to that, um, yeah. Final thing before before we say good night mm-hmm. to one another is what what would be the name of a neighboring kingdom? So your yours is just called Skyland. Oh no, that's the world. That's the world. Mm. Yours is Castle Cloud. That's your yeah, kingdom. Yeah, yeah, lazy yeah. bastards. Oh, what's, okay. What, another what, kingdom, right? What's the name of a neighboring kingdom? Fortress Formuclumus. Is that even a cloud? Sounds like it might be one. <laughs> Formuclumus. Fortress Compass. Um, um, Hazy Haven. Hazy Haven. Mm. Fogville. <laughs> I like Hazy Haven. Mm. Okay. Yeah. You have a neighboring kingdom called Hazy Haven. Mm. We do love. Remember that that might that might come up if we play like a <laughs> thousand more sessions. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Cool. Uh, thanks, everyone, and um. I'll I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Great time. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Ciao, Bye. Bella. Locks, looting, lazy lizards, white discs, and songs about dead uncles. I hope you're enjoying these Arcus Backstory episodes as much as I am, because I am. I'm also enjoying the love and support that we get from our awesome supporters over at patreon.com slash Those wonderful people without whom we could not make the show are... I'm going to try and do this in one breath. I've done it before, and I think I can do it again. Alex White Robinson, Person Wants to Stay Anonymous, Robert Valdino from Not Quite Heroes Podcast, Aaron Cucci, Laura Christine Goodwin and James Blyser from Wheeler Woe Podcast, Ijo Hodgins, Laura Douglas, Mel Ziggler, Roy Draftmata, Sam Malcolm from Table Tales, Kydron Faust, Lauren Flake, Kai Dealer, Rihanna Kavalsic, Kevin Swift from The Dice Cop, Ben Edwards, Victorian Gavin Porter, Daniel Nichols from The Happy Go Lucky Podcast, KP Squish, Alexandra Lickkites, Andrew Evans and Emily Holman from the Grow Out of It Podcast. Nailed it. Uh, thanks everyone. Thank you so much. And if you want to join um, the ranks of our Patreon supporters and make this list even harder for me to say, uh, yeah patreon.com slash fate of Ison. we appreciate every bit of love and support that we get from you in terms of patreon donations and also in terms of nice reviews 
on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podchaser, you name it. Say nice things about us and we get the feelings of the good feels. Hashtag somewhere in that combination of words. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. I am DM Brad and uh, yeah, we will see you next time. Bye. Can anyone hear us? Can anyone hear us? I'm trapped in this bumper. We're both trapped in this bumper. Oh no, how do we we end up in here? Well, how do we escape? Okay, look, maybe if we send everyone to necropoticon.com, we can escape. But not just that. What what if we send them to the Discord as well? Yes, that's great. You have to go to the website, which is www.necropoticon.com. And you'll find a Discord on there. And if you want, I guess, if, if you've got time while releasing us, you could play games and chat with the people from the various podcasts you've been listening to. You can read all the cast and crew profiles. You can be part of special events. In fact, we're missing out on that by being trapped in this bumper. Help free us from this bumper and we'll see you over at www.necropoticon.com. We are in mortal pain. If you do not, please, we suffer in this bumper. Save us. Ah! Necropoticon. Hard to pronounce? Easy to listen.